Amen. Good morning, church. I trust we've all had a great um, week so far. And you're enjoying the weekend. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and in clarity of speech, yet in the fullness and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, please turn with me to John chapter 18, verse 15. We are on our series, the book of John, and I'm ministering I'm, um, on part 83 uh, this morning under the sub-theme and the cock view. And the cock view. John chapter 18, verse 15. And um, I read. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. The other disciple here is John. He was just referring to himself in the third person. So that's that's John. Now that now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. So John, if you look at the events uh, of the crucifixion of Christ, it's only one disciple that followed Jesus to the very end, and that's John. All right. But the Bible say because he knew the the, the priest, the high priests. He was granted permission. I don't know how John was able to have that connection. The high priest in question here is called Caiaphas. And if you do remember, we spoke about Caiaphas uh, last week. You know, they are now taking um, Jesus from Anas. Last week, we realized that he was standing in front of Anas. Anas was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. So... Now they are taking Jesus from Anas's presence to Caiaphas, the high priest now. Amen. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. So John, because of his goodwill or because of his connection he had with the high priest, he was able to let Peter into the courtyard. Then the servant girl who kept, who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers who had made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed themselves. 19. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where the Jews always meet. And in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. When he has said those things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? 
Then Anas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him, whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied, and immediately a rooster crowed. Amen. Interesting. And the conclusion. Well, this is all. Um, this scripture is all talking about the events of the day. Amen. Last week we realized that they were they they took um Jesus to Annas, the father-in-law, and today's um, passage of scripture details what happened between Jesus and Annas, the father-in-law. Amen. And uh, when you look at this, you see uh, the meekness of Jesus. You know, he's the creator. And he allows himself to be subject to humiliation by his creature he created. Amen. And the Bible starts with that um, John and Peter follow Jesus all the way. That was risky. You know, Jesus was hated so much, so it it's it will be very risky on your part uh, to sort of associate yourself with him. Because that could mean you could also die. Uh, John did not really care. It looked like from the scriptures that John was prepared to go all the way. Peter it looked, it seemed he was prepared to go all the way because to even enter into the courtyard of the high priest where there was so much tension, so much angst and venom that they had towards this. That was scary. It's, it's similar to entering into the lion's den. You and I, with our minds lucid and everything, will you really walk into the lion's den knowing that you could be a prey for the lion. No. And going into the courtyard of the high priest, it was similar to that. If you were Jesus, you were hated. If you were affiliated with Jesus, you were hated. Either by listening to his teachings or by being his disciple. So this really looked like John and Peter really went into the belly of the beast when they decided to go into the courtyard of the high priest. But the Bible lets us know that uh, John, because of his connection, some way, somehow, he probably might have known Anas or Caiaphas. He was able to let um, Peter come in. And when Peter came in, started to interrogate Peter, I aren't you one of the disciples? I don't know how they couldn't uh, tell with John, but they could tell with Peter. Maybe because Peter was more vocal, more expressive, and probably among all the disciples, he might be the one that will stand out. Probably it, it could be. Because normally when you read the scriptures, Peter always has some unique striking ability about him 
that makes him stand out either by how he talks or does some things or even his actions or mannerisms you know he always stands out so the bible lets us know that he um, peter was being interrogated are you not one of the disciples to which he said he is not so he he did that and prior to that jesus had already spoken about this but the bible lets us know that when he was taken to the high priest the high priest began to ask about jesus's doctrine and his disciples they were more concerned about his teaching and why he's gaining influence. You know, when they were talking about disciples, they are looking at influence. You are having influence. Why? What are you teaching them? What meal are you giving to these people that has garnered you that influence? And Jesus said, that, look, I spoke openly. My teaching is not a secret. Spoke openly to you guys. You Jews were there. And the reason why he said I always taught in the synagogues was most of you guys were there. You heard what I taught. You know, they wanted to insinuate that Jesus was teaching something outside the scriptures. And Jesus was like, I taught the scriptures. When I came to the synagogue, I just opened the scroll and teach from the scroll, just like you. The Old Testament. Jesus' first message was from Isaiah 61. So somehow they really wanted to believe that Jesus was teaching something outside from the Torah. That is why he was garnering that much effect. And there is one thing to know. Whenever you take the Bible and you don't preach it out of a pure heart and you are preaching it out of jealousy, out of greed, envy, and hatred, you are not going to have the same desired effect as of one who is preaching it out of a pure heart. See, so that was really one of the big difference between the Pharisees or the religious scribes, the religious leaders, and then Jesus. They all preach from the same book. They all preach from the same Bible. But one had so much effect, the other didn't. Because um, Christianity is not just about talking. It's also about doing. Jesus once said something about these religious leaders. He said, look, you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are so far from me. So when your heart is far from Christ and you read the Bible, excuse me, or you preach the Bible, you will not be able to experience the rich benefits, the rich treasures of what this word has to afford us. So the, 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 the effects by which they saw Jesus having and the, the multiplier effect of his doctrine, which, which caused disciples to be formed, baffled that. Pharisees and their religious because they couldn't do that. They, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. So they really wanted to insinuate that Jesus was teaching something foul, something suspicious than the Holy Scriptures. But Jesus said, look, 
I spoke openly to you guys. I taught in your synagogues and in the temples, and in secret I have said nothing. Meaning that I just preached the Bible. There is nothing I added to it. There is nothing coded about my message. It's as plain as day. So why do you ask me? Then Jesus threw it. Because in the courtyard of the high priest are people who go to the synagogues. And people who go to the synagogues, most of them are not new to Jesus. Everybody knew Jesus because he was a rabbi. Then he said, ask your members. Ask the people who attended the synagogues. Indeed, they all know what I said. And the Bible says that when he said these things, one of the officers who stood by just slapped Jesus and said, is that how you answer the high priest? To which Jesus said, if I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? So when Anna saw that, look, I'm not going to get nothing out of this guy. I'm sending him to my son-in-law, Caiaphas, the high priest. It is in the procession that somebody else decided to ask, are you not one of the disciples? He said, I am not, to which Peter denied. Then <laughs> that was the second time he had denied. So a girl asked, he said, no, I am not. Then the Bible lets us know that somebody decided to ask they. So this one, it was like a group of people that he denied. Then the relative of Malchus, you know, the servant whose ear was cut off was called Malchus, a relative. Probably when he went home, he told, Malchus told his relative, look, there is this guy, he made, perhaps he drew him. You know, sometimes when um, the, um, something happens, when you happen to be uh, the victim of a robbery or an attempted, you know, murder or something, they were, and, and when you survive attempted murder, especially they didn't murder you, but they attempted to murder and you survive. Sometimes when you go to the police, they will give you a pencil and a paper to sketch the attacker. <laughs> So probably Marcos' relative, when he went home with the with, with his ear stuck, you know, but it was still with blood. Perhaps Marcos' relative gave Marcos paper. Can you sketch the guy who cut off your ear? So that when we catch him, because you know, Jews we really believe in an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So I'm sure he drew him and everything said, look. This is the guy who cut off my ear. So when Malchus' relative saw him, he was like, yeah, this is the guy my, 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 my relative told me about. So he asked him, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied again for the third time. And the Bible says that immediately a rooster crowed. A rooster crowed. I'm sorry. So go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Now, this was when they went to the Mount of Olives. 
you know, they had just finished observing the Passover and it was out of the Passover, the Lord instituted what was called the Lord's Supper. So that was after they had eaten, they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So now they are in the Mount of Olives, right? Before they will go into the Garden of Gethsemane and, and go and pray before Jesus is arrested. So then Jesus said to all his disciples, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. This scripture is in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7, where it talks about strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Is Peter. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, that means verily. In King James, he used the word verily. I say to you this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Then there's also what is more important. And so said all the disciples. So sometimes we always said that Peter is the that disciple that betrayed. All the disciples betrayed Christ. It's only John the beloved that stayed with Christ until the very end. But every disciple, every disciple betrayed Christ. Amen. So scripture was fulfilled. And Jesus was saying that all of you will stumble because of me. The reason why that all of you will stumble because of me is because it has to be fulfilled that when the shepherd is struck, the sheep of the flock will scatter. <clears throat> um, so this was prophecy that had to take place. But Peter couldn't see it. Peter was trying to involve his will, was trying to assert himself into the plan and the program of God that had been foreordained before the foundation of the world. So this also comes to teach us Peter's denial. It teaches us about the authenticity of prophecy. That Jesus' death, it didn't happen by accident. It was scripted as part of the plan of God that will come to redemption. You know, Jesus didn't need help. He didn't need help. Jesus had to be the solo star of this crucifixion. Even though it looked like a horror movie, very gruesome, very graphic, he had to be the solo star. Everything had to point to him. He doesn't have to share that glory with Peter. He doesn't have to share it with any disciple. So that scripture had to come to pass that because of me, all of you will be made to stumble. And when you, that this word stumble, 
it also means offense. That's where you get the word offense from, scandalizo. Because of me, all of you will stumble, all of you will flee, all of you will be offended. And that's that's okay. Because after I'll be raised, I'll go before you to Galilee. And and why is that scripture so? That we will come to see it in the closing chapters of John. It is so because that is when Jesus will begin to gather all the people that were scattered. Because well and truly, after the death of Christ, and we will read, all the disciples were scattered. And, and scripture also had to be fulfilled that he will be resurrected. So this was pointing to us to about the resurrection of Christ, that Christ will resurrect. And before he will ascend to his father, he will gather all the offended sheep, bring them back together again before he goes to his father. But Jesus had to make this clear that, look, what I'm about to experience, no human intervention is necessary. Human intervention makes it futile. It makes it futile. Because of me, you will stumble. No matter how strong you are, no matter how spiritual you are, because of me, you will stumble. I know, yes, you are my disciple. You have casted out demons. You have healed the sick. You have done some things. But don't rely on the strength of your spirituality here. You can't help me. Because of me, you will stumble. So we thank God that the cook crew, because when the cook crew, it made us know the finiteness of human beings. It, may, it makes us also know that no matter how spiritual you are, you can still fall. Because these guys were spiritual. These guys were with Jesus up until the last hour when he was captured by his captors. They were with Jesus. But no matter how spiritual they were, the Bible lets us know that they were still going to be scattered. So Jesus is really the shepherd of our lives. This is what we have to know. Is it no matter how spiritual you are, never assume yourself to be a shepherd. You are a sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. And without him being the shepherd of your life, any other thing that you will do, without him being involved, is going to scatter. Amen. So, the Bible lets us know that it was prophesied, but Jesus, uh, but Peter was trying to use strength that even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And the flesh came in here. The cock had to grow to serve as a reminder of Peter's humanity. This is what makes us know that, you see, Christ, even though he was 100% human, he was also 100% God. 
You see, to die on the cross is not a human endeavor. It's a divine experience. It's divine. It's a divine mandate. You can't use flesh. And even if Peter was part of Jesus who was going to be crucified, what good would it have been? It wouldn't have served its purpose. Jesus had to be the lamp of God that would take away the sin of the world. It, it didn't have to be Jesus and his disciple. No. It could have changed that story. It just had to be Jesus. For that, because of him, his disciples had to be disbanded. So all the disciples betrayed Christ. And it had to happen because of Zechariah 13, verse 7. When you strike the shepherd, the sheep was scattered. Jesus, who was the shepherd of the sheep, when he was struck, everybody scattered. It was part and parcel of the will of God. And Christ was not annoyed at that. Christ wasn't annoyed at that because he said, when I am raised up, I will go before you in Galilee. And what he would do is to gather all the desmanded sheep together again before he goes to his father. Because remember, when Christ prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, all you have given to me, I have lost not, I have not lost any, except the son of perdition. I have not lost none. So before Christ will go back, he will have to make sure he gathers all the sheep that were scattered because of his crucifixion again. So this serves as a great reminder to us that no matter how spiritual we might think we are, we should never boost in our spiritual capabilities. Because that was the mistake of Peter. Thinking that he was with Christ, he boasted in his spiritual capabilities. And then when the robber met the road, now scripture has been fulfilled. Here, yeah, when you read it, you don't see anything. But when you read the other versions, I'm sure Luke's version, it says that when Peter knew that he had denied the Lord, he went to Ben weep. It hit him hard. That, wow, I can't be in the place of God. I can't. So this scripture is really speaking to us this morning. That when God is involved in something, we should quit trying to insert ourselves as the center and let Christ just be the center. So that was, that was the problem with Peter. This is crisis 40. This is crisis cap. Christ doesn't need you to insert yourself as the center of the story. And sometimes we tend to do that, thinking that when we do that, we become super spiritual and we earn brownie points with God. No. Don't insert yourself into the story that Christ himself has decided to make himself the star of. 
that included at his crucifixion. Christ is like, this is my plea. This is my script. I am the star. I don't need a cool star. But here is Peter volunteering. As he's saying, Lord, if I will forsake you, I will not deny you. I'll be with you. The cock had to crow to remind Peter's humanity. And that's a humble slice of pie. So this story here, it, it also teaches us to be careful of putting so much trust in humanity. Because in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, it says, Cursed is the one who puts his trust in the arm of flesh. So if you are here, please, don't put your trust in the arm of flesh. The arm of flesh will forsake you. You know, Jesus could have gone to the cross a very heartbroken man. Heartbroken. Because he has invested three years into a group of guys. And it's only one that was found at the foot of the cross. Just one. He could have died a very heartbroken man. But Jesus was not heartbroken. Jesus was rather heartbroken that his father had left him and his father had to leave him because the sin of this world was upon him. But he wasn't heartbroken because his disciples deserted him because scripture already had to be fulfilled. He said, because of me, all of you will desert him. All of you will deny me. All of you. Because when the shepherd is struck, the sheep will scatter. And the funny thing is that when Jesus resurrected, he didn't resurrect out of offense. Because he said it right here, but after I have been raised, I will go before you. All of you who desert me, I will go before you. So Jesus will not even resurrect out of offense. If some of us were dead and when we resurrect, we will be offended. Because you will remember, wow, all these people deserted me. Perhaps I will just go to John. Because it was only John that was there. John, John was with Christ to the very end. I will go to only John. And Jesus didn't think like that. Because scripture had to be fulfilled. He knew, he knew the finiteness of men. He knew how far men could go. You see, the, the cock crow will also serve as a reminder that, Peter, you don't know the full extent of the will of God. You don't know the full extent. So let me tell you something. We should all be humble and know that none of us know the full extent of the will of God. None of us. No matter how super spiritual you are, and look at this Peter. This Peter had been at the Mount of Transfiguration where Moses, Elijah, and the resurrected and glorified Jesus served. He, he, he had come to, let's say, a sort of epiphany. But still, he didn't know the will of God in its totality. So what I'm trying to say is that no matter the spiritual experiences you have, 
the, the crowing of the cock will always have to serve as a reminder that you and I, we are not in the full know of the whole counsel and the whole will of God. We don't. So sometimes we should, we should, we should quit trying to think that we know it all. We know all the answers. We don't know all the answers. For me, I get very suspicious of people who tend to think they know all the answers. Someone dies, you want to explain why the person is dead. Someone is sick, you want to explain why the person is sick. Something bad happens to this world, you want to explain it. You are always having a vision. You always have an answer. You are not right. Maybe you haven't experienced the crowing of the cock. Because whenever you experience the crowing of the cock, that should serve as a humble reminder that no matter my relationship with Christ, I still don't know it all. It served as a brutal reminder for Peter. And I believe that's why Peter was, I believe Peter was like, wow, I can't believe that I've really disappointed. My, I, can't, I think it really hits him hard. Because Peter really believed with all his strength that I will follow Christ to the very end. Oh no, he wasn't joking when he said this. Do you think Peter was joking when? No, he was not really joking at all. He wasn't joking. Peter was not joking at all. If you think he was joking, why do you think he cut off Malchus' ear? He wasn't joking. Truly, he was really ready to die with Christ. But the thing about Peter was that he's finite. He's human. He doesn't know the full counsel, the full extent of God's will. So this death of Christ teaches us a very strong lesson on the finiteness of human wisdom. Human wisdom is very finite. No matter how spiritual you, that's the thing, no matter how spiritual you are, human wisdom is very, very finite. The cock had to crow. The cock had to crow to serve a very humble reminder to Peter that you don't know the will of God. The cock had to crow to serve a humble reminder to Peter that, look, this is only God's play. Christ is the star of the script. You can't be part of it. Don't insert yourself into the program of God. Because this program of God, it was before the foundation of the world. It's not a happenstance. This was not conceived by Judas. It's not a happenstance. It was before the foundation of So don't insert yourself into the program, into the agenda, into the will of God. Don't insert yourself into the story. 
so many Christians, we have to come to a place of repentance because we are trying to insert ourselves into God's agenda. Push yourself out and let God be the star. Push yourself out. Today, maybe the, the, only, mes the only message God is trying to tell some of us, push yourself out. Let God be the star. Push yourself out. For some of us, God is telling us, you are inserting yourself into the, I don't need you to do that. You are becoming a Peter. Because if you don't remove yourself out of this story, you will fall flat on your face. And when you fall flat on your face, the cock will crow. The cock will crow. The cock will crow. And when the cock crows, it will serve as a humble reminder that our Lord, I have indeed made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. And I have relied on the wisdom of men instead of your love and your mercy. But now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. Heal my heart and show yourself strong. And with my heart and with my soul, oh Lord, be magnified. I, I want to sing this song when I really want to worship the Lord. I don't want to sing this song when I have fallen flat on my face. Like Peter. So Jesus didn't need any human help. No human help. He was orchestrated. He wanted to be the star of the story. He didn't need any human help. He wanted to be the star of the story. And plus, he didn't need any human help because it will interfere with God's agenda and God's plan for humanity. The reason why Jesus had to be here, for him to be slapped, for him to be humiliated, a creature slapping a creator, was all part of the redemption story. Redemption story. That's why I like the worship song. I don't know why. Jesus loves me. Why? I don't know. We, we can try to explain it as best as we can using scriptures, but well and truly, I really don't know why he loves me. Why? I don't. Why will he stand there for creature that he created to slap him? Why will he make himself common for a creature that he created to question him? I don't know why he loves me. It, it makes no sense to me. 
We can try our best to use every scripture to explain why he loved, but well and truly, it still doesn't even answer the question why he loves us. We, we just have to believe in his great love. So this morning, we end on the rooster crowed. It's a great reminder. It's a great reminder to all of us. We can learn something from this. Don't insert yourself into God's plan when he has no provision for you to be in. Just watch. Sometimes God's will is just there for us to just be witnesses, not to insert ourselves in the story to become the hero. Just watch. We can't understand. We can't understand everything. We can't. We can't understand everything. We can't understand everything. We can't understand everything. We can't understand everything. We can't understand everything.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May we not become so spiritual to the point that we are proud to think we know how your will will play out. Thank you for the rooster that crowed. It speaks to us, your current followers, that we truly don't know how your will will play out. Oh Lord, may we shift so that you will be the star of our story. Thank you. Thank you that you even know our frailties, but you still loved us. Thank you. Despite all our spiritual experiences we will have may we still be humble. May we still be humble. Thank you that this story has shown us that you didn't need human intervention. You needed to do this on your own just because you loved us. Thank you. And Father, may this help us to gain more trust in you. More trust. May we believe in you more. May we hold on to your word more. May we love you more. May we not have that understanding that, oh Lord, we know it all for we have attained. Truly, we haven't attained. We haven't attained. Father, may this give us the desire and the hunger to press on towards the excellency of the knowledge of your Son, Christ. Amen.